Apo is the 27th of March, the year of our 2023. And it's just coming up to eight o'clock here in the UK and just coming up to noon over in Canada. So my guest tonight, our guest tonight, my name is Catherine. Hello, Catherine. Sorry, I didn't even introduce you. That's okay. Hello, guys. We've got a great guest tonight and she's an absolute warrior. And her name is Ronnie. She's from Soji International and she is the Canadian version of Public Child Protection Wales, and they are doing some incredible work. So, Ronnie, hello. Hello from Canada. We got there eventually. We're here. Finally. Thank you for having me. It was such an honour to have, you know, be on your podcast this morning or this afternoon or evening or whichever time zone we're in. Well, I hadn't heard of you. Catherine got, what day? It was over the weekend, didn't you? You said you've got to listen to the interview that Catherine's just, um, that Kimberly's just done. Yeah. And uh, it was amazing. I listened to it today. So, um, Kat, over to you. You, you, You're the person who found Ronnie. I did. I did. Through Kim, it was, because um, I think, Ronnie, you went on with Phil Watkins initially, didn't you? And and that's Yes, I did. I went on uh, Real Raw News. No, Real News, I believe, was Phil. Yeah, Real News, Live News. So Phil is, I know Phil very well. He's, uh, we're all down, we all sort of live in the same area in South Wales, you know, within an hour of each other type of thing. So I think that's where Kimberly saw you. And then you did the show with Kimberly, which was absolutely brilliant, by the way. I loved it. Um, and that's why I was like, you know, we've got to, we've really got to get this lady on because you are doing amazing things. And, you know, we, we need to bring this together now because it's not just the UK. You know, many people initially thought it was just a Welsh fight. Then they realise that actually it's a UK fight. But actually, it's a global fight. This is a global education and it's happening. At, you know, our children are being corrupted and their minds are being destroyed all across the world. So it was, you know, so, so pleased to have you on. Thank you very much for coming on. Well, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure being with you two ladies and hearing about the uh, advocacy and protection of children in Wales. Mm. Can I ask a little bit about you, Ronnie? You know, let's talk about you. Where did it all start? How did you get into fighting for the children? Well, I was actually an educator for the public school system. Um, I resigned under duress in 2021 um, after I was forced to sit through critical race theory um, and all the indoctrination that they wanted us to teach children. Uh, That year I was in a kindergarten classroom and um, some of the things that I witnessed, some of the things that I saw, I knew in my heart that was wrong and the critical race theory was just so upsetting that I came home and I was so angry and I was upset about they wanted us to teach racism. They wanted us to teach white supremacy to five-year-olds. Along with that, the fear porn was just unbelievable with what they were doing to the children in the school with the language, the posters, um, totally changing their behavior uh, from previous years to how they interact with one another how they're to walk in the hallways, um, the materials that were allowed in the school. And at that time, I could really see the anxiety ramping up. And that's when more people were separated. And the children in the school were really having a quite challenging time. It was escalating, escalating. And the things that we were told in our self, self, safety health meetings didn't add up. 
when we all had to sit through our, our meetings and um, the slides that were done by the safety health officer for school boards, well, to sit in there and they're telling us the data and how much transmission is from a teacher to child and it didn't match up with what the PHO, which our provincial health officers were saying for our province, weren't matching up. And I was challenging that along with parents were not allowed in our schools. They weren't allowed to use the toilet. They weren't allowed to come into teacher meetings. They weren't allowed in the school at all. And um, they had our front door of our school actually barricaded with a table. Now the schools in Canada, I should say in British Columbia, they have an open door policy, which means when families come into the school, the front door is open, they're greeted by the secretary, and then you're kind of led through the hallway, you can talk to parents, whichever. That was stopped because COVID is going to spread through the school and everybody's going to get sick and we can't control it. And the nonsense just kept going. With the so, children with the children masks, sorry for jumping in, did they have to go into class wearing this, the mask? Absolutely. So I could see the slow increment. In, the increments of how they were doing it first let's just get them to wear it on the carpet no okay now we're just going to have them when they go from the uh, classroom to the bathroom you are going to have to wear your mask no now we're going to add it to anywhere within the school you're going to have to wear your mask oh no now we're going to add it to inside and outside and all day long so they kept adding and adding and adding and as you, you know the group gets used to and I was in a uh, annex school, which is a K to three school of 160 kids. I'd been there over 15 years. So I knew the community well, I knew the families well, the children well, and you could really see how they were really pushing up the fear and, and the division. The division was crazy. Um, and that's when some alarm bells and then the pronouns for me actually came out in 2019 before COVID was launched to the world. So I had sat in a meeting with 25 teachers in another school. Our principal had a meeting and she said, this is from our um, capital in Canada, which is Victoria. This has come right from the education minister that any student report cards now have to use pronouns. And we quite didn't understand what that meant. So she said, okay, now in the, pro in the report cards, you can't say he or she, it had to be it, they, or the child's name. Well, the whole room of teachers, school staff, they all went bananas. Like, what's going on here? Why are we doing this? Um, didn't make sense. And then all these posters were put up. So then people just started adopting it. So any report cards that went home that are filed with the Victoria, with education minister, had to state that then they added to when we have school-based team meetings whether it be a speech and language pathologist an occupational therapist a psychiatric uh, doctor from the district then we had to start putting the child's it they or the child's name in the documents well i challenged it in that meeting saying i will not adopt this it's not in our bargaining contract you show me where we need to go along with this because I don't agree with it because we have a lot of families um, that have challenging backgrounds. I might have some students who come from some very challenging upheaval lifestyles. I might have children who have attachment disorders. And for me to kind of gain that relationship from teacher to student, I honor that. Like if I can start breaking grounds and, and, and 
bringing that child to work with me at school and kind of get them to where I want them to go. I honor that. But as soon as I start calling a person, hey, it, can you go get your homework? Well, that child that I've just been working so hard on, on developing a relationship, it's going to turn around and go, what? I'm not an it. Like, why are you calling me that? And so then it starts breaking down that teacher to student relationship. And that's where I strongly opposed. And I did not do any of that craziness. Wasn't going to have it. Well, first of all, just well done for, you know, actually standing up for it. That must have been really crazy and surreal. Like you just said, they, it wasn't just you. You all went bananas in there because it was like, this just come out of nowhere, seemingly, you know, just out of nowhere to stop referring to children as a, as a he or a she. It must have been really surreal because I you know I haven't heard heard it from um, an educator's perspective as such do you know what I mean I you know we we know what's going on from the outside and you know we, we know we know that the lesson content we know that sort of thing but hearing you explain it like that that must have been really bizarre so obviously you at that point you stuck your neck on the line and sort of you know you you sort of argued back and said this is ridiculous were you the only one Ronnie or were there other um well, in a, in a small school, right? So we had uh, seven divisions, seven classrooms, right? So we had 160 kids max. Obviously during COVID, we weren't at our max. We're probably at 145. Um, I had two teachers that did come forward and they would kind of come into my classroom would ask me questions. You know, what are your thoughts on this? I don't feel okay with that. Um, they wouldn't speak out, but they would come to me privately and ask questions or say things. And they knew that there was some funny business but they weren't willing to rock the boat like I was. We're calling things out. This doesn't make sense. In a staff meeting saying, well, why can't we do this Halloween parade inside school, or sorry, outside school? The first they weren't allowed in school because of COVID and parents weren't allowed to come in the school. And then I suggested, why don't we do it outside the school? And their first comment from the principal was this, then parents will come. And wow. I was the only one who got furious and said, and why not? Why can't parents come like every other year and honor their kids parading? Maybe they made their own costumes. They were very nervous, whichever it is. Why can't parents come? We're outside. There's a fence around the building where the kids will be. Maybe grandparents want to come. So what? I think that right there, that, that one sentence there is really frightening. Give me goosebumps because they, they didn't want them there. In, in other no. words, they were breaking no. that, that they didn't want, you know, barricading the doors and everything. They knew what they, so to, to a degree then, at least the head teacher or whatever, knew what they were doing was wrong to, to, because they didn't want the parents anywhere My near. My question is, how were these head teachers, if they were, in, were they, one, were they in post they, five years ago how was their teaching you know did oh, it, i would say they were absolutely fine values so what who what's got to them what's got to their them paycheck if we want to get real it's the paycheck right if this your is- paycheck's on the line and you're asked to do something and you can't petition back you can't argue it back um they say well then we'll just find somebody else Right. You'll just be put on leave. And there are two teachers in BC that did stand up 
they did speak out and these two teachers are my heroes and it breaks my heart they were put on leave and the only way they can come back to teach is if they do a psychiatric assessment that they are sound in mind to teach their students because they refuse to indoctrinate them with all the rampness that we can all see today this is crazy this is absolutely crazy so they had to prove themselves in a psychiatric assessment to teach this is nuts this is just nuts they're re-educating the the teachers then and and actually I just got to jump in there because this is not that I know I've seen it happen a few times I've asked a few questions in terms of people who do work in schools there was under the when COVID was going on you know sort of while everybody was you know really paranoid and whatever else you know was going on at the time there were a few positions in some schools around where I live. Um, I only know this because I know the parents of the, the children who go there are their friends of mine. Um, they had like let, so, for example, there's a there's a school which is not far from here. It's a, it's a primary school, so it's for you know young young children. And the the, the original headmaster, my friend knew him because her, her daughter had been going there for some years. It's a Welsh school. Um, he was amazing. He absolutely, you know, they, the kids loved him. He was, you know, he was brilliant. They, they had a, he had a great relationship with the parents. Anyway, during our first few months in 2020, he disappeared. And we still, I'm still trying to find this guy. I do not know where he's gone. And he was replaced with this other guy. And I can remember when my friend told me, and there was this, there was this young guy, he's in, he's in a gay relationship, hasn't got any children of his own. I've looked at his is um social media and he and he's got like an is you know qualifications are longer than my arm and he looks really young and I'm thinking and I said I can remember saying to my friend because I knew that this was coming anyway I knew it was being done I said they've put him in there they've put him in there because he's likely to, because where the other guy was uh, he, he wouldn't have taken any of that nonsense right he was an old school teacher mm-hmm. um they've got this you know you know the new freshly indoctrinated then straight from university I would say because He's, he's quite young. You wouldn't think that he would be any, apparently he's trained in Harvard and places like this. He's been all over the world. Why would he come to a little school in South Wales? And I, t- I said to her, I said, he's there to teach this. I said, there's no doubt about it. He's there. And that's happened a few times. So I've not heard of anybody being struck off as such, not until you've just said, um, it's over here, but I've heard of them being replaced. And like I say, I can't find this head teacher who was previously there because I'm trying to, locate him so that I can ask what happened you know where, where is he now what's he doing and what happened because it was under the guise of COVID where it's like a you know secretly sort of switched it was just really bizarre and now all of a sudden this guy this new guy is pushing this this education so and I said to another friend of mine who's a teaching assistant in the in the school that my father used to teach in because both of my parents were teachers my father's no longer with us and my mum retired a, a long time ago and I said to her, are there any older teachers in there? And she thought about it and she said, do you know what? Actually, no. And I was thinking then they've got rid of all the old school teachers who've been teaching a long time who were like, uh, no, we're not teaching any of this nonsense and replace them with the new teachers that have just come out of university who've already been indoctrinated with this education. So they believe they're empowering children. That's what I can see is going on. I'm no, it's absolutely true. There. Because yeah. I interviewed a teacher, a fresh teacher out of Ontario, Canada, who was up in BC um, visiting some friends and I had the opportunity to interview her. And I showed her some pictures on my phone of uh, posters and homework and uh, curriculum. 
And I wanted her to see if these are what's being taught in the Ontario College teachers. And she said, absolutely 100%. Everything that I showed her is what is being taught in the Ontario Teachers College, uh, such as the unicorn curriculum, the SOGI 123, the um, gender pronouns, the whole bit. The Ontario Colleges of Teachers is an indoctrination college to push this crap out into our schools so that if you have a substitute, if you get the old teachers who won't, who refuse to teach this stuff and you get a new teacher coming in, um, they're all prepped and ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, so what, what happened after you refused to do, you know, to do. So then they wanted to, they wanted to put me on leave. So I refused to wear a mask in the school. Oh girl. Um, And I, so then I, then at one point I just wore the mask up to my nose and they challenged me. Um, My human resources called and said, we, we have been told that you are non-compliant and um, you, uh, at that time in Canada, you could get a doctor's note to say that you were exempt, right? So they put me on leave because I said, if you fire me, I'm going to sue your ass uh, for wrongful dismissal. So they put me on leave. And while I was on leave, they were struggling with teachers that my principal actually called me and said, can you come into work today? I said, but I'm still on leave. You won't let me come back and do my job. Oh, no, no, no. We're really struggling. So what happened was, is I called my union rep. I told them that I got this conversation, this telephone call. And she said, they're not allowed to call you. Your principal went and, and um, against the policies as not to call you. I said, okay. So I called the principal back and I said, I've just been informed by the union. Um, this is still being um, disputed and I'm not coming in until it's finished. So I went through the process of the human rights. I went through law books. I went through all of this stuff and I made my case because the union rep that I was presented with was useless. She told me that I should just fill out the school board's policies and forms to slot my way in and then I can do my job. I said, no, the school boards have created their own policies, their own forms, and I'm not going to do it. So I'm going to do my own homework and she just let me be. So I created my case. I presented it to the school board. The QP representative that I had said, I, I, you know, I don't know if this is going to go. And I said, no, I need you to send all the documents, human rights. I want you to send everything. So I get a message back from human resources, and this is the laughable thing. The human resources, head of human resources messaged me and said, you are fine to come back to work. We were not aware of these new rules. Um, These are not new rules that were just made like yesterday. These are are laws that were made in 1984, 1960, 1950. And so I came back to work. My coworkers were not happy that I was pushing the boat. They started talking about me behind my back. I was getting ostracized. I wasn't invited to certain events outside when teachers were doing supervision with their students, they would stay away from me. And finally, I went up to two of them. And I said, why are you doing what you're doing? Like, why are you going along with this? You know, in your heart that this is wrong. And she said, because I will be bullied by my colleagues. And I said, okay, well, then you're a coward. You're a coward that you're not standing with me and you're just going along with this when you know it's wrong. So then there was that. 
What parents don't know is the word lockdown. As in Canada, we practice fire drills yearly. We started practicing earthquake drills, but then we also started practicing these things called lockdown drills. And that was so that in event of a, an intruder coming into the school, um, the children know how to operate, you know, go into the class, close the door, close the curtains, da, 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 right? So then they would traumatize these kids, which are kindergartners, but they're only up to grade three. We would traumatize them a couple times a year going lockdown drills. We're going to practice today. Well, as far as people know, that five-year-olds can't distinguish what is real and what is fantasy. Because whatever's in front, in front of them, they present that as, that's my reality. They can't mm-hmm. distinguish it because they don't have the brain capacity to do that. So a couple times a year, even before COVID, we brainwashed them into this. So we'd say lockdown drill, we'd close all doors, lock up things, tell the kids how to stand on top of the toilet seat in the bathrooms, blah, blah, blah. Then someone would come around. They could see the shadow of someone coming around the classroom, you know, shaking the doors and then I have all these kids in a corner with the lights off and some of them would cry. Some of them would wet their pants. Oh my God. No, 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 it's okay. It's okay, we're just pretending. We're just pretending. No, 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 it's not real. Oh my goodness, this is So we did this year after year after year. And it wasn't until COVID came that that terminology lockdowns, what do you think it did to those kids? Wow, this is some serious psychological warfare on our children's minds. This is nuts. But the other thing is, as in schools in BC, with the critical race theory that's teaching racism with racism, Mm -hmm. we've got kids who are raping other kids in school washrooms. We've got the escalation of violence and sexual assaults, right? Yeah. We are noticing that there are more lockdowns inside schools. And guess what? Parents are not told. They're not told that a child was violent that day. They had to be handled in a certain way. And so I was trained in crisis intervention prevention, where you learn how to hold a student in a certain position. Um, and then students were all have this positions where they move into certain rooms. Parents are not told because I had to go through that myself, where I had to put a child in an ambulance, go to children's hospital, be with him, all these kids were locked in their classrooms because this child was violent, but not one parent is told that day that their child went through that traumatic event. That then the children go home, right? Parents say, well, how was your day at school? Well, it was okay, I played with Joey. They forgot to tell mom or dad just what happened. And then the child acts out at home, right? They have episodes, they have tantrums. And then the parents will say to you the next day, well, you know, hey, he had a really bad night. You know, he was screaming, he was this, he was doing that to his sisters. I'm not allowed to tell the parent what I just did to him yesterday. Wow. This is something completely <laughs> new that I have never, this is, this is crazy. So, so you stay, so was that, this was, this was after, you know, you saying about the masks and everything else. So then this, this, this came up, the critical race theory. Well, yes. The, the, all of that. I mean, the the lockdown drills were happening before COVID, right? So they they got us slowly adapting mm. to changing these behaviors. The safe space stickers, where the LGBTQ stickers were on the buildings and on this. Then they brought in, um, uh, changed our staff bathroom into a transgender bathroom way before COVID. 
way before all of this. Mm -hmm. And I start noticing these changes, but they do it in small little increments that nobody would really notice. No one would really ask. No one go, hey, like, why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we I, had, I mean, I had an incident with, uh, there was cameras in the toilets and uh, back, back ages ago, seven, eight years ago. And, you know, they were trying to bring all the biometrics in as well uh, into the schools. And um, yeah, yeah, it's been a slow, it's been a slow progression. And then it just, COVID was like the finishing thing, wasn't it? So everything will be all completely implemented when it's all starting again. Yeah, that's what it was for, wasn't it? The more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, this is why they did it. Because because it was, it was in very slow increments. And now all of a sudden, boom, overnight, we've got all of this going on, you know? Well, think of problem, reaction, solution, right? You yeah. create the problem, you get the reaction of the people. And then the solution is, is, oh, everyone's going to wear their mask. Oh, no, everyone's going to walk down the hallway this way. Oh, no, we can't have paper because of this. No, no, no. And everybody just accepts it. Uh, I just, the kids, it's, they, they're really damaged from this. The psychological damage is just off the scale, you know, as well as the emotional and physical for these children now as well, you know, with the self-mutilation and everything that's come straight out of this this horrific agenda which has been a you know this is the thing it's, it's only evident now in a lot of people who are noticing it but this agenda has been going on for over a hundred years you know it's, it's it's taken a long time to get here and and this is sort of the the last part of it and the worst part in my opinion is this is this is i have yet so some of the stuff you're saying here ronnie is, is completely new to me i don't know about you lou yeah but, it really you know, is i just i want to hear the rest of the story of how she how ronnie got to where, you know, got to the point we are now. So well, on, carry on. Well, when we had the COVID cases in our classroom, right? The, the teacher, the principal came in and said, hey, we have a COVID case in the classroom. Um, normally in the public, if a business had COVID case or whichever, everyone has to be alerted by our health unit. Then they, you know, do all these nonsense measures. So we actually had a COVID case the secure in classroom that year, right? So we had a COVID case the year, uh, the week before, and then that day. My principal comes in and I'm co-teaching with a pregnant teacher who's probably about six months pregnant. She's wearing two masks that are doubled up. She's six months pregnant and she is fearful that she's going to catch COVID and something's going to happen to her baby. So Obviously, she's wearing two masks. I don't know how she was breathing throughout the whole day. But anyways, the principal comes in and she says, you ladies might want to take the day off. And we're like, well, what's going on? You just need to sit down. This is what's happening. Joey came in today and he had COVID. Okay. And Johnny Smith last week had COVID. And you guys might need to take some time off. And I said to my principal, and it was only myself and my co-teacher, I said, well, I'm not dead. My coworker's not dead. Uh, none of the teachers are dead. The parents aren't dead. The kids aren't dead. Nobody's gotten sick. So I think I'm good. I don't need to take time off. And I have not had one sick day since this COVID shenanigans started. Not one. And if this was really a pandemic, I should have been sick already, right? Because the mm -hmm. transmission that they're telling me for child to student is really high. I'm gonna be deathly ill and I need to keep away from my students, right? In arm's length. I was, you know, I was hugging kids and, and giving them the, the usual um, hugs, high fives that I normally would over the years. Good. So what happened was she said, 
Um, if you need to take some time off, take some time off. I said, no, I don't need to. My coworker did because she was believing all this COVID was real. And I'm showing her all this documents that to prove, you know, take one mask off at least, not yeah. two. Right. And so anyways, she said, um, you guys need to clear the stuff off your countertops because there's someone coming in to spray your room. I said, what? Yeah, there's someone coming in to spray your room. I said, what's it going to be sprayed with? Well, you know, it's just some guy's going to come in with a bucket with a sprayer and he's just going to spray the room. For what? Because you had two COVID cases in your class and we need to decontaminate your room. So I said, okay, well, in schools, you have a thing called a women's sheet, which means any chemical that's used in a school, even if I brought Ajax in the school, it has to be added to the sheet and the engineer keeps all these sheets on record in case an ingestion, in case there was a poisoning, whichever, right? So I said, well, what is in the bucket? She says, well, you can come down to the front office. There was a guy standing there. Um, he had a big five gallon bucket with a sprayer. Uh, as soon as I started asking questions, he actually turned his name tag around. And I went to the front office with my boss and I asked her, I said, what's in the bucket? He wouldn't answer. I looked at my boss again and I said, what is in the bucket? I have the right under health and safety protocols to know what's in the bucket because the five-year-olds are coming in next day in the class. And we mm-hmm. all know that five-year-olds are very, um, you know, they're rolling the carpets, their fingers are in their eyes, nose, ears, you know, you know how they are, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why I wanted to know because if there's a side effect, at least it's something I can look out for the next day. Yeah. She wouldn't tell me, he wouldn't tell me. So I had the image of like when it was in China where they're spraying down grocery stores, mm. you're right? Yeah. I had that image because there's a five gallon bucket and my principal is telling me, oh, it's just like the sprayers that we're using on students' tables, but it's just more, um, um, it's not as diluted, but she wouldn't tell me what it was. Mm. So do you think one parent was told? No. And on top of that, my boss called me from her own personal cell phone to say, do not tell anybody. Don't let your colleagues know. Don't let parents know. Don't let anybody know that this is going on. Wow. 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 Did you find out what was actually in it, Ronnie? No, I didn't. Because when I asked the guy, he was an outside contract guy that came in, right? He might have had just a guest badge, but I couldn't tell. But as soon as I started asking questions, he flipped his badge around so I could not see. See, that just rings alarm bells as well. You've got nothing to hide. You just say what was in it, wouldn't you? No, he wouldn't wouldn't tell me. That's weird. Did you have the fact that if if any injury happened to anybody, say, for instance, you fell down the stairs... And you've done a COVID test, say, 50 days before. Here in the UK, they, their death, even though they fell down the stairs and broken their neck, um, they tested positive 50 days before and their death was marked as COVID. Did you have that over there? Well, just before I left, we did not. Like, I left in March of 2021 is when I resigned. And then since then, schools have been giving um, uh, parents PCR tests to take home during spring break. Right. And then parents were having fun with, you know, testing a lemon, the cat, the dog, he litter, whichever else. Um, during that time, we only had health checks. So we had temperature guns, which I never used temperature gun. We had a health check where parents had to sign off. Staff had to sign off on that. We were healthy. We didn't have a cold fever, blah, blah, blah. That's that's where I was at in March of 2021. Since then, 
it's different. You know, there's PCR tests and a bunch of other stuff that's been going on. Wow. Because for us, wasn't it, Kat? The first, yeah. during 2020, if literally you had a car accident and you'd, you'd had it and it was within 60 days, they, at first it was 28 days and then the numbers weren't ramping up. So they, they changed it to 60 days. You had a car crash. You tested positive 59 days before oh, your dad is COVID's marked. Yeah, there was actually a young girl, 21 she was, she got kicked in the head. It was a really freak accident, horrible. She got kicked in the head by her horse and she had a, a brain brain damage and she died and they put hers as COVID as well. It's just, this was crazy. So they were doing all this at the same time. So this is, so did you, is that when you, is that when you went after the, um, after the incidents in the bucket? So that was just an accumulation, right? So I think probably the critical race theory where I took pictures of all the slides, the guy who did the, um, so first of all, this professional development day was mandatory that every single school staff in BC had to attend. And normally workshops for professional development days are not mandated, right? I can choose, choose to, to go whatever I want to do. Mm. So the first four hours, two hours was white supremacy. And the last two hours was indigenous. And in that, uh, there was a lot of slides that came across my tablet, a school device. And I started taking pictures with my cell phone because I felt that they were wrong. Intuitively, I know it was wrong when I saw a cross in flames. <gasps> that's when wow. alarm bells were hugely going off. And then we in our school were not allowed to sing because they say, you know, the COVID droplets will make people sick, da, 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 da. So anytime we needed to sing, we had to go outside the school and we had to stand in a circle or some other way of being able to keep space. So in the school, we were not allowed to sing Oh Canada. We were allowed to sing Happy Birthday. We we're allowed to do any singing whatsoever. But one time our principal sent us all the teachers through email, um, Rafi, who's a child singer, she sent us the email to sing Black Lives Matter in the classroom. Wow, 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 wow. All of us to sing. I went right to the office and I said, I'm not doing this. I am not going to sing a Marxist song when I cannot celebrate a five-year-old's birthday, sing him happy birthday in the classroom, but singing this is okay? Like I said, this doesn't make sense. I said, I don't care. Call Human Resources. Call the union, I don't care. I am not gonna do this. And I made it very clear. And you know what? I never had human resources call. I never had anyone talk to me. I just said, I'm not doing it. So do I know if other teachers did in the classroom? I couldn't tell you, I don't know. They probably did for the same reasons we spoke They probably about did the, because uh... they were doing a lot of this stupid, silly stuff. You know, with the WHO um, giving the school staff cartoons for the kids to watch on um, more brainwashing. Uh, the teachers had checklists and I was going into another classroom with my students and I said, what are you playing? Like, why are you playing this? Well, you know, it's a cartoon thing and it will help blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know that this COVID is a shenanigan. Mm -hmm. Why are you doing this? Where, where are your principles? Where are your more, where's your head? Yeah, She's well, if I head. don't do this, you know, they're gonna, there's going to be like a check mark against me and I'm and I'm not being compliant. I said, I'm not being compliant. Do you see anything happening to me? Yeah, nothing. Exactly. I'm exactly. battling him saying, here's the proof. Show me the data. Show me this. Show me that. 
just while we're on the the subject of um, critical race theory, because I mean, I know if it goes on, but I haven't really seen any sort of, you know, any lesson content or anything. What are the sorts of things did you see on the slides that you were looking at, Ronnie, just so that the listeners can have a, you know, can well, hear the, what sorts of things they're doing? So I found it very interesting. Here we are in British Columbia, right? Canada. And the person who's actually doing the presentation live is out of San Francisco. Okay, a lot of roads lead back to San Francisco. Yes. So here is a, a black African man who's teaching white supremacy for two hours. Wow. wow. Two hours. And I, I can't even remember all the slides. You know, was a, there was a, a black African girl. I, um, she had her hair and they're making a statement about her hair um, that is very curly and locky. Um, it was all these very... Um, hateful words that were used and I can't remember them all I mean I have them on my phone the slides and actually because I was ramping things up when I resigned and I was taking police with me and taking action so when I quit is because of all of these things that with the um behavior with the masking um students in the gym were now wearing double ply mask with doing laps around the gym and the principal was instructing Jim and I said, if they're doing laps around the gym, shouldn't they be taking their mask off because you're, you're breathing harder, right? Oh, no, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Well, just a month previously, um, there was a news article where there was a bunch of children who were running in China in a, some type of schooling where they died with running with masks on. Well, right. the funny thing is, is these masks were all coming into school that were um double doubled up and guess where the masks were from china <laughs> wow. wow so with that then the slides then the ostracizing then i wasn't going to comply with wearing my mask fully because i wasn't in um complete compliance with the staff you know talking about behind my back making it really uncomfortable for my workplace that i was not going to do any of this craziness i had enough and i realized that i couldn't make the change that i wanted to do and i left i quit and i resigned and when i did is when i took massive action because in the meeting when i resigned i handed my boss a printout saying here's my resignation letter this is why i'm resigning i said to her this I had first printed out four pages, but you're not worth the four pages printed out on. So I'm handing you one page as my professional resignation. And I gave her my speech for 30 minutes. She listened to it. And just before that, she said to me, you're not a politician. You're not a billionaire. You cannot change what's happening and just stay in my lane. Wow. This is so when I quit, when I quit, I said to her, I remember what you said to me, I can't make change, but I said, you just watch me. So in the end of that meeting that I had with her in her office at the end of the school day, I said to her, there's, there's been some arrests and more to come. And she looked at me and she said, what do you mean some arrest? And I meant more to come, meaning I'm coming after you. Yeah. Because you are knowingly telling me things throughout the year that you know what's going on. She's showing me things. She's showing me posters. She's showing me stuff. And I thought, you dog, yeah. you know what's going on. 
and you're just okay with continuously doing and then you're making me look out like the bad guy and I'm the bad one that's not complying with all the staff yeah exactly the accountability needs to happen for these people doesn't it because oh no it's coming yeah what about um since you've since obviously you've left which was well two years ago now isn't it March yeah so when I quit I got paid out I made sure my gratuity was paid out my, my vacation was paid out because mm. I was going to take massive action and I didn't want the school board hanging my paycheck back because of the action I was about to do mm. so I closed down all my accounts I printed out all my school board emails I printed out everything I possibly could because they shut down all my accounts right so I did all of that and then I took action so here in BC, we have a thing called the BC Teachers Federation, who actually works in combination with the University of British Columbia, the ARC Foundation to bring in the SOGI 123, which is the sexual orientation, gender identity in our schools, right? They all work in combination. So with the BCTF, their head office is in BC. I went to their front door and I took police with me. And I took a whole bunch of other parents with me and I actually um, served them notice. Oh, and the notice man. that I was serving at that time was in BC, we have the thing actually in Canada, it's called the Infant Minor Act. And that had been switched where parents were stripped of their rights. Meaning if a child wanted the COVID injection, he did not need the consent of mom or dad, that he could just choose to have it done. So every other school year, when we have forms that would come in with chicken, chicken pox, measles, rubella, tetanus, all of those forms would come in, parents would have to sign off. And then I get the forms that come in in the classroom. And then whoever was allowed would go down to the gym or cafeteria or whatever. And the kids would get their shots, right? Well, with the COVID one, um, there was no consent form. If when when they handed out that form, they gave another form to the families all about the Infant Minor Act, basically saying you have no right, zero. So at that time, I fought like crazy with our CEO of our Vancouver Coastal Health, who signed off on all the school staff newsletters. I fought with the head of the BCTF, the president, the first vice president, the second vice president. Um, and I also tackled another organization stating this, I wanted parents to have the right to give permission to their child, whether they wanted the shot or not. The parent's decision, not a child's decision, who's coerced by ice cream, stickers, candies, video games, hot dogs, pizza day, whatever, right? That was mm. the craziness that was going on. So I went to the BCTF demanding that three words be changed on these documents. Um, so I handed them a couple of forms saying, I just want these three rooms changed. Parents give consent, not parents don't need to give consent. That's all. So I went there with police. Then we went to the superintendent's office. A police officer then was a very beautiful man. He ripped him out of his office, brought him downstairs because my fob would not work in the elevator. We got him an audio call, an audio recording through a cell phone that at that time we requested that any vaccines were not to be done in the school because parents can't see exactly. and I knew they were going to be done in the gym. I knew they were going to be done in the cafeteria. So I demanded that none of these vaccines were to happen inside school premises. So I won 
And what they did is they actually put tents on school property and kids would go outside where the health nurses were and they would get their shot there. At least there, public can see what's going on. Parents can walk by, anybody can walk by. And as soon as I knew those days were coming, I let all parents know, you might want to withdraw your child from school this day, this time. Oh, good on you. That's that you've been really, really busy, Ronnie. You've you've done some amazing work there. They're trying to do the same sort of thing here as well, you know. And they were trying to take that parental consent away, which they actually did for this education. I know you spoke to Kim. Um, I, I'm guessing you touched on the I can't remember now on the judicial review that we've taken. Um, obviously the Welsh government, and while that was a two day trial, which happened last November. And within it, so something that people weren't aware of, um, they basically said, so the government had said, you you didn't have, you you never had parental rights anyway, because that's what we were trying to go on, you know, the parental rights to opt out of this education, although we can't do that anyway, because it's a whole school approach, it's, it's littered all the way through the curriculum, but that's what we were going in for. And they basically said, so it's on record as well, you know, it's in case law now, Um <clears throat> There, there is no parental opt-out. Uh, sorry, you, you don't have parental rights. You never did. And if you did, they were only very minuscule. That's what they said. So basically what they're saying is you haven't got... And that, that will account medically as well. That will be for... Me, that, that's overall. So whereas people assume they've got these parental rights and they should have parental responsibility and rights, obviously. They but now they don't long... really anyway, because the birth certificate... Scanned. yeah yeah the birth certificate does that but th- i mean people are not most people are not aware of the birth certificate scan anyway but yeah that they so they basically said you haven't got any parental rights anyway so now the children have got their rights so children's rights including sexual and reproductive rights <clears throat> and this is where the danger lies massively and obviously when they're teaching our children very very young sexual there was something the other day i just got us i'm just slightly going off a minute but i don't know if you've seen anything like this Ronnie and I just wanted your opinion on it I'm not sure if you've seen I posted it on my Facebook yesterday it was basically um, uh, a publication for educators and parents for his base it's called masturbation for autistic children and children with learning difficulties have you seen it I've I've just it is absolutely disgusting so it's by somebody called You'll have to have a look at this person. Lou Melgad, her name is on Twitter, M-E-L-G-A-D-D, right? So she wrote this book and it's called Masturbation, Autism and Learning Disabilities, A Guide for Parents and Professionals. Now, straight away, without me needing to have a look at any of the content within it, that frightened me to death. Masturbation for Autism and Learning Disabilities. It just gets worse. And they basically... I'm so sorry, but I've got to read this because the viewers need to need to really understand what they're doing here. Uh, masturbating an anus. Yes. An a- anus has many oh. nerve endings around it and within it. If you are biologically male, this is basically a guide to tell him to how to do it. Right. If you're biologically male and have a prostate gland, then then this sensitive body part can be felt inside your anus. Use your fingers to touch the outside of your anus. Try out different movements with your hand. Bearing in mind, this is dangerous for neurotypical children, never mind neurodiverse children. You can put a finger or two inside your anus. Be very gentle when doing this. Lubricant can help with increasing pleasurable sensation and reducing soreness. Don't put anything sharp or dangerous in your anus. 
There are sex toys available for anuses. Only use sex toys that are designed to be inserted into an anus. And then this is this is something. So it gives you an example then, right? Public and private behavior education. I was just like, this is crazy. Public and private education activities are an effective way to approach the, the topic of where to, where to masturbate in private without stigmatizing the person or the behavior. I never deliver masturbation education without including public and private information and activities as it is essential knowledge. Examples of suitable activities are included in the chapter on masturbation education activities. And then it gives like a, um, an example. Dan is allowed to masturbate in the disabled toilet in school and a staff member stands outside to make sure no one goes in. I can't believe what I'm reading. I cannot believe what I'm reading. But educators are you. This is just this pornography. So it's illegal for a start because you should. Do you know what I mean? This is they've managed. And I guess and I don't know, because obviously you were in a. Um, uh, well, no, we have sex ed in our school. Now, I'll get into that. Um, we actually watched. I mean, I don't know if she's listening, but the person who actually teaches it, we would like to see her arrested. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A million because I had to sit through her workshop or her class every single year when she came to our school and her language started changing the year that I quit. I've just, I've just gone onto that woman's LinkedIn and uh, did you know what she worked for? um, She's the managing director of sex education company. She was a project coordinator for family planning UK Wow. Okay. And she was a youth develop. Listen, she was set. She was a youth development manager for the British Red Cross. What? Yep. Really, we'll look into her. We'll look into. Well, the WHO just made um a document that came out: standard for sexuality education, a framework for policymakers, educational health authorities, and specialists. This document just came out. Um, in their documents are standards instructs the health authorities which be teachers as part of this worldwide sexualization of the little children european schools are putting up posters and then i had a picture below where two boys say yes we want to do it or two girls who found a safe spot to do it this is directly encouraging children to engage in homosexual practices at school children's books are distributed in schools that teach little children how to lick each other's genitals Oh, my God. So WHO just came out with this. Um, it is for age two to three-year-olds. My oh, God. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. The other document that I have that I want to mention is for two to three-year-olds. So the WHO just came out with that saying, teaching one's own body early childhood masturbation. So enjoying and pleasuring with touching one's own body, discovering own body and genitals. Then it goes on, curiosity, own and other bodies, a positive attitude towards one body's um oh, with pleasure guy... feelings and touching people and gain awareness of gender identity tenderness and physical closeness as an expression of love and affection this sounds very much like the matrix document in the who document that we've had this is the who years. document i'm referring to yeah that's the, we've had that for years is this a, an updated one yeah uh, perhaps it's an updated well, it's one is Yes, on my Facebook post, I just put it. And then our BC government is now telling parents, two to three-year-olds, toddlers can be transgenders too. Gender Mm. ideologues are confusing kids from birth to push them into a life of dependent on artificial hormone injections and life-altering surgery. This is not healthcare. So now the BC government is brainwashing 
parents, new families, that their toddlers can change their gender um, and that you can tell by looking at them if they're transgender by how they grab a certain toy or yeah. I don't know. It, it's just silliness. The other thing too in Canada is our Public Health Agency of Canada is putting out um, manuals in schools that recommend Health Agency of Canada recommends that schools not involve parents with gender confused children. So in this manual, it actually breaks it down to um, gender expression, gender fluid. How do you bring it into your classroom? How do you change the children's language? And it's all paid for by our tax dollars through the public Public Health Agency of Canada. It's crazy. This, that happens over here. In fact, last year, no, the year before last, so 20... 21 I think it was in the summer there was a school where I am quite close to where I am in the Ronza they socially transitioned a child without the parents consent for weeks before they found out and they were using what we call I don't know if you have it in Canada a trans toolkit so they use that oh, no. in the school we, yeah we have yeah. something very similar it might be a different word but it's very similar a toolkit we're showing everything inside yeah, which basically tells the, the the educator not to say anything to the parent if the child doesn't want them to. So, yes. you know, you've, you've basically got teachers socially transitioning children without their parental knowledge. It's crazy. And they, right. well, they're, first, they're firstly confusing them into thinking they, you know, they're this, that and the other. And then they, they're helping this and this, this affirmation process. I'm guessing it's exactly the same way you are where yes. they, you're not allowed to question it in any way. And in fact, like Lou was on about it earlier, you know, how social services are highly, you know, they're getting more, their, foot, their feet are right in the door with everything now, including things like this. So if you're not, if you're not affirming your child's um, gender dysphoria, which is what it is, brought on by, you know, their, their environment, right. because they weren't yep. confused before that, then you're, you're going to be in trouble with social services. So this two, three, we've got a situation where, the parent is absolutely devastated, but they feel their hands are tied because- Well, there was one father here who went to prison. Wow. Oh, I think I've seen- He stopped his daughter who was 15 because she wanted to transition and go on um, puberty blockers and the hormone injections. He stopped her and made it vocal and he actually went to prison. Was this the guy that was on Matt Walsh's What is a Woman? There was a, a phone call with a guy and he was a Canadian guy when he did the the what is a woman, which was last year, I think it was, is a brilliant um, documentary and everybody. No, it is. It's it. a beautiful, but I can't, I can't quite remember if he's from there, but um, he was on Rebel News and a few others um, that he actually served time. Yeah, I think this is the same guy. It was a phone call. It was so you couldn't see who it was. And I'm sure I'm sure he said he was. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And his daughter was 15. So it must have been the same one. And that's correct. That's just, I don't think people really understand that. I, I don't know if people are taking this, they're not, they can't be taking it on board. It must be just going straight over their head for some reason. I really well, don't understand. Well, I think the other thing that parents don't understand is here in our schools, we have things that are called PACs, Parent Advisory Council in each school. And these parent groups that are in individual schools raise money for field trips, special speaker, whichever. I don't know if you have that in Wales. Uh, I don't think I'm not sure I, I couldn't tell you to be honest I'd have to find out probably okay. something similar we have, I would have thought 
we have these parent advisory councils and <laughs> I actually just learned this year because I thought our government through our taxes, through our budget paid for this sexual education person to come in to teach this filth because it is filth now. She didn't teach this stuff like how she's teaching it now, but parents are raising money and I've been seeing screenshots in parents' budgets on how much they are paying for her fundraising um, to pay for her to come in to sexually indoctrinate their kids and they're fundraising for her to come in. And she's getting paid anywhere from one to $2,000 for a one-time visit. And it would be, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour that she would come in. What? Yes. What, so these they parents not are realize they do, they do and they obviously don't realize what that money's going towards, do they? No, but this is where parents need to know is our mm. children are being groomed and sexualized from grades level three to six. I have seen it starting at kindergarten. They're teaching the taught adults and kids masturbation, anal, normal sex. This is what's being taught. Feels good when they're touched, touched only in private. You have the right to decide who can touch your parts. Children told with a doll that sometimes people touch these parts because it feels good to touch them. In class, children are not told under the law that they can call the police if someone touches them. So um, in that statement that, you know, children are to give consent for an adult to, you know, to, to touch them, is absolutely ludicrous yeah yeah it's so dangerous because parents can't you know the children can't even consent to many things they need the parental consent exactly. but now so you get a, a um a mixed up adult who wants to get his kicks off and touching a kid you got a kid who is really fixated on video games and he says hey i'll let you play my game if you just let you know sit on my lap or whichever the sickness that they do yeah. um this is what the sex education is telling the kids that you can let an adult touch you if you give them permission. Yeah, this is the argument that I keep having with people as well. I'm like, let me just put this into practice for you. You've got a four-year-old sat there who doesn't understand any context of anything at all. You've just taught them that if it feels nice, then it's okay, right? So if, you know, people don't understand, like they've got this image of, you know, we've been programmed that, all paedophiles and child abusers are going to drag you off the street with in a big white van when that's not actually the case because they have to build their trust with that child which usually somebody the child knows you know so they're going to tickle them and you know does tickling feel nice yeah it doesn't hurt so this is where is that teaching them that teaching them consent instead of teaching them a solid no isn't it teaching them negotiation skills you don't teach right. a child negotiation skills so Ever. children that young are not legally old enough to give permission or consent to sexual touching. Exactly. Right? We need to tell children stranger danger, right? No means no, period. End of no story, means no. Yeah. Right? And we're we're not talking about teens or tweens here. We're talking about kindergarten, which is five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's the age range that they're telling kids to yeah. give permission to. Yeah, this is very, very, well, it's a paedophile's paradise because you've just taught all the children that they are allowed to consent and they, they can choose negotiation skills. And now the, the predators of the world know it too. So, you know, and the other thing you've opened, you've opened the doors to as well is it's obviously Kim's speciality and her expertise is institutionalized sex abuse. 
um, and predators, child abusers, are going to go where they've got access to children. I'm not saying all teachers are obviously predators, they're not, but it would be silly to deny that there are some that are going to go into these positions, especially now the doors have opened when they can openly discuss genitals with young children, that this is going to happen. And, it, you know, it is absolutely insane we're teaching children about because I think what it is I think people uh, most parents are under the they've been told that's what it is and they've accepted it that this this education is safeguarding them and they're doing it so that they they know if they're going to be abused and they can speak out and whatever so that's enough for most people to go oh, okay but rea in reality what they're doing is they're teaching these children a sex positive curriculum they're not even teaching Absolutely. anything about the risks you know they're teaching them a sex how pleasurable it is you know, yes. he's teaching a child, yeah, this is pleasurable, but don't do it until, you, do you know what I mean? This is, it's just nuts. And the parents have no idea. The same with the pornography. Yeah. Which and they're is, raising money for it. It's crazy. It's just crazy. Honestly, I've, I've learned quite a lot tonight from this conversation. Now, you know, especially from your point of view of actually being in the classroom and seeing all these things. It's really blown my mind even more if it can possibly be blown anymore. I don't know. What do you think, Lou? No. Well, I just wanted to touch on, you know, that kind of the story so far I mean have you had a lot of trouble and what about your censorship I mean we are you know myself and Catherine are you know the two of us probably make up a year the amount of times we're banned uh, no one sees the post we're completely shadow banned we've I've been taken off Twitter you name it everywhere and trying to get this message out this is why I get so frustrated what where are the parents where are the fathers at that school gate you know that people need to really start paying attention to what their what their children are doing in schools because we know what kids are like. They'll come in, have a school year, it's all right. What mm. do you do? I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's, I that's think they're going to start paying attention now that um, here in BC they're actually putting they're calling them wellness clinics. It's actually a hospital, and they're putting them in these high schools and they're teamed with doctors and nurses, and they make it so convenient in their wording that saying parents you don't have to take time off work for appointments we yeah. can do it right here hello parents why do you think there are these wellness clinics in high schools doctors nurses i, I mean i can't even get into appointment to my own family doctor now mm -hmm. my kid at school can just go down the hallway and there it's not for a stub toe parents it's not for a hangnail we're talking about when you're at work guess what's happening to your kid? Mm -hmm. Human yeah. blockers, hormone blocker, maybe skin grafts, whatever it is. Schools are not schools anymore. They're not education. And I'm actually embarrassed to say that I was in education for public school because it's not school. It's straight up Frankenstein indoctrinational sexual porn field camps. Thank you. Somebody saying it finally as it is, and as an ex-educator. And the sexualization of the children is just too much. You know, this is I, I I focused on very much. You know, the the sexual abuse for children, the sexualization of our kids. It's it's just it's getting out of control. We have to do this. That you know they're trying to make. They're trying to change society. A, a, a haven for people, like not a haven, like it's paedophilia is fine. You can do this abuse. I mean, where yeah. will it go next? What's yeah. after paedophilia? Yeah, exactly. That's well, what it is. Bestiality, right? So, um, bestiality is next, which is the furry movement, right? The furry movement is a kink sexual movement. Yeah, we've got kids in schools. Not only have they gender pronoun, but now you can have an 
animal identify as, right? I can go in and identify as a cat or dog or whatever and have them play my little psychological game, you know, pat me like a cat or a dog. I can woof if I want to. It's a psychological delusion. Mm. And I've told parents that the new Barbie that came out that has this little furry outfit, I said, parents, if you buy that, turn on your garburator and shove that thing down the drain. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I've seen this furry business going on and, and I'm like, whoa, what the hell? It is, it's kinks and fetishism, it you know? And it's, it's, and it's the to classroom. hide their pedophilia. It, 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 the, the people who dress up as furries, it's to hide your identity. Who do you think is behind the mask? Yeah. A pedophile. I'm not saying a child is a pedophile, but we are grooming kids and sexually ramping them up. And we are noticing sexual assaults are happening. We're noticing mm -hmm. more sexual violence is happening. We're noticing that in high schools, there is more rape more um other insidious things that are happening to young women's spaces and why it's because the schools are creating that space to do it and you just get a little pat on the head and go oh good boy johnny I remember it, should be suspended. it should be charged yeah, yeah. I remember reporting years ago again on the column um with regards to the newspapers were, were reporting that there's the, the rise in child on child um rape and abuse and they were trying to pin it on the internet yes the internet and the porn industry has a huge part but they're also learning you know about sex at such a young age by by these teachers who you tell be a good boy do what your teacher says when you pack your children off to school yeah. so that they, and teachers are far more influential influential on a child a lot of the time you know in certain oh well, the teacher says this oh but yeah but you're not a teacher the teacher said this you know so it's it's a battle for parents it's an absolute battle for children and, and children as well but for parents it's just unbelievable and i believe a lot of the problems with the abuse on child on child is because they're learning about it in oh in well, well yeah you're right they're one of them up in edinburgh up in scotland blue remember last year it was literally directly after an rse lesson so rse we call it over here which is relationships and sexuality education they were 11 and two young boys sexually abused a girl in the toilet after well, there was a friend of my daughter's she was she had an she had a well they were called pche pshe lesson yeah. and it was self-harming the next day my daughter came back and she said her friend had cuts all up her arm two weeks later they had about sexting people i had the mother on the phone she said do you do you get a, a um do you look at elisa's phone have you seen any dodgy photos she'd been sending any photos i'm like no what she said, she's been the school of called her that the door the same girl had been cutting herself this week was now sexting texting naked pictures of her she was 13 that's how influential it is you know somebody had just commented on my post right from you know that that masturbation i read out earlier there's comments on there and somebody said that her daughter is uh sen so that's special educational needs and she is one of the one of two out of her whole class of 16 who are the only straight 
people in there. Luckily, she because this is this affects children with special needs more than anything else. So that's how influenced they're being. They're either non-binary or trans or gay or bi. But it's being, you know, people are saying, oh, you can teach them to be gay. Yes, you absolutely can. Yes, you can. They're making it trendy. And in fact, they te- they they're actually showing off about it. I don't know if you've got. Yeah. You probably have, Ronnie, but you know all this stuff with the drag queens, the drag queen story hour and the, you know, we've had a lot of this over here in the UK, a lot of Mm -hmm. it. Are are you getting a lot of it over there as well for the young kids? They've got like... Yes, no, they had a, um, the the municipalities along with schools are putting on drag queen dances and they actually have posters out and the bottom of the posters state that parents are not welcomed because you are a safety concern. Oh, what? Yeah, it says right down on the posters. I'm like, hello, parents. Um, You need to read the print on the bottom. And look who is paying for this. This is the municipality, government, school district, taxes. And it says that you are a threat to the kids who go to these um, dances. The parent is the threat. This is just nuts. This is absolutely nuts. So (laughs) along with that, we have posters up in schools, you know, there's for the first year parents weren't allowed in schools. And there was a reason why, because if you were allowed in, the alarm bells would be ringing automatically. You'd be like, what's this poster? What's this sticker? What's this arrow? What's in this room? Like you'd be asking questions left and right. And it would stop their propaganda machine. Yeah, I saw it. Parents didn't see it. Right. And so we know that it's not just happening in TV where kids are aimed with this advertising. It's on um, TV, magazines, music industry, yeah. kids' TV shows, movies. I was just on our fairies here in BC, and it's right in the fairy gift shop. It's, it's everywhere. everywhere. And so if you are manipulating someone's young mind, repetition is the key. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know, there was one school here, because I read two two resources that I know are being used. I've done a blog and videos on both of them that are on my website. Some of them are on the Liberty Tactics website, but most of them are on mine. Um, one of them was by Ellie Barnes and it was called How to, Tur- How to Transform Your School into an LGBT Friendly Place. I read it, it was just like a groomer's manual, but you can find the, there was a video of her. They'd obviously recorded her from insight. She must've been in a conference with teachers and educators. And she actually says, you can find it, it's in my blog as well. She says, don't go sending a letter home to the parents telling them what you're about to do. Who wants a mob of angry parents coming to the school? So they know. And the other thing there was is in some schools, um, I read in this in this actual book, and they were seeing it as a good thing, obviously, because this is just a grooming book, that there was like um, that anyone to go into the school had to sign this like digital you know statement thingy saying they will abide by the lgbt rules they will abide you know basically otherwise they're not allowed past the reception so unless they sign all of their thingy away i can't think of what's what's the word um you know what it's i mean like, is it like a content form that they're having to sign up yeah yeah but they, they, and they're not going anywhere unless they right. sign that form saying that they abide by all these silly rules and whatever so these you're right yeah but in behind that that reception area you can find it everywhere all on billboards all on notice boards on every classroom door it is absolutely everywhere they've got you youth pride networks over here so what they do is they allow these youth so obviously they you know these teenagers then i would say right and they allow them to go down into the younger schools right so that from age four upwards to age 11 and 
basically talk about their experiences to the younger children. And we all right. know younger children love older kids. Do you know what That's I mean? Right. This is just great. So basically, this year, right? Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. So it's the teachers grooming the, the older children who are then grooming the younger children. It's just like, wow, this is insane. And they're telling you in their own own resources you know no they're they're doing that here as well like again the public health canada has a cartoon type booklet with questions and answers and it's all on gender identity in schools so the topics include hormone therapy mental health proper terms to use when and where this is for teachers to use right what is gender identity what schools can do to provide this environment um unicorn worksheets given to kids on gender And they were telling kids, so this one thing that I have here, which is from the BC Teachers Federation that all teachers use, they have lesson plans for the LGBTQ plus for grades four to seven, eight, nine, 10 to 12, where children fill in the box, just like you said, and conversations stay in the room. So they have a similar thing with a consent form. And at the count of three, kind of like when you're in a football game and everybody's cheering you on, they tell this is how they kind of ramp up the energy in the room they get someone stand in the room and they say to the kids okay on the count of three i want you to yell out gay bisexual transgender or non-identity and they're doing this to nine to ten year olds oh my gosh no straight's not even an option this is horrendous it's so clear what they're doing here it couldn't be more obvious it's so really what about crazy. censorship? I went off on a waffle. And Sorry, I never, and then how I is, did. What, how has the censorship been and are you being targeted? Well, I mean, I had my YouTube and before I started my YouTube, I was publicly presenting for two years um, in communities all over BC with doing public presentations on what was happening in our schools. Because at that time, people were more concerned about the masking and the vaccines. And I said, hello. <laughs> Like, you guys know what's going on in school? And at that time, I was the only educator in Canada who was speaking out to say, you need to start paying attention to what's going on in your school. When was the last time you stepped inside your school? When was the last time you actually got to see your student's desk? When was the last time you went in the hallway? All of these, and, and the answer was no, 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 no. So then after that, I wasn't getting enough action for parents to kind of activate. So then I started my YouTube channel called RH Media Standing for Children and hoping that Parents were on the fence. Parents were unsure. Some people don't want to go to protests or rallies because we had teachers ratting out teachers. Right? Hey, I saw you in a protest on the weekend. Or, hey, I saw your social media. Or, hey. And so they were afraid for their job security. So they were staying silent. So when I went to my channel, I'm kind of, you know, I'm watching the words. I'm watching what I'm saying, but I still get it out. Um, we're going to be starting doing webinars. And then my last presentation that I did last year, I did it for the uh, Freedom Coalition of Canada. And it was a private meeting and I did a PowerPoint presentation because I believe facts speak the truth, right? If I just speak my opinion, then people are not really going to fully understand what's going on. I showed them photographs. I showed them data. I showed them facts. Next day, I get a phone call from the founder and he said, you really like rattled people. I said, I hope in a good way. He goes, oh, no, in a good way. He says, we need to do something. And this was last year. And that time I felt like I was the only one fighting in Canada because I couldn't get teachers to to work with me. I couldn't get anybody to stand beside me and fight with me. So 
from there, we created the SOGI International Task Force going against the sexual orientation gender that is in our school. So we have an expert in every, well, there's a lot of countries. We got an expert in Israel, Australia, Africa, Canada, um, United States, and all these experts help to uh, really bring a lot of data and credibility to our website. Our website has a lot of deep security. So we have security and web IT guys that actually have our server in a bunker. Crazy enough it sounds, but that's how we're able to stay up on the screen. Um, we are gonna be having back our news desk. We have a news desk where parents can log on, watch the news, and I'm so excited. Antonina Krishner, who used to work for Global News, uh, mainstream media, which is owned by Vanguard BlackRock, she quit. She's been whistleblowing against the media and she's now our news anchor. So all the families can hear the truth because we know that we're in the war of information. And I want the parents to know that the information we give is backed up by data, by research, by psychiatrists, by PhD, by private practice. All of these people, we've made our website with the people who stand with us bulletproof. Because yeah, we do get emails who are trying to um, attack us, discredit us. Ah, you just keep going on. You've got to, you have to keep going on. I mean, the, the censorship is just so ridiculous. And thing is, I've got, I have two Facebook profiles. One of them has 5,000 on, another one has two. I've got the radio show pages, we've got 3,000 followers. We've got Liberty Tactics pages, we've got 2,000 followers. Instagram, Telegram, you know, we, we, I've probably got a reach just from the followers of probably nearly, I don't know, 20,000 people and I get no engagement. And if we post anything from Liberty Tactics or anyone posts anything from Liberty Tactics, posts don't get seen. That's how we know we're winning that is though, Lou. It is, no, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, the names, the racists, and everything else. I mean, who who went on my? I think I made a complaint about a supermarket because everywhere there, there's no staff. It's all just these self checkouts. Mm. And complaining, I just put a comment, and I just got fully on top. They went onto my Facebook page, and oh look, she's a she's a born again Christian. She follows Trump. She the, the you know this slanderous attack just because I said Saint Hi Saint Ruth. So the, the, just over the silliest things. There's a lot of troll accounts out there as well, loving their bots as well, right. and they're going to be attacking us, you know, really definitely. Yeah. Just get taken down. Nothing. We're the only English, like, show that's interviewed General Flynn. Like, it didn't get seen. It was bad. It's just insane. So I'm just annoyed that Kimberly should be on every podcast. She should be everywhere. Yeah, yeah. People are what they're scared of her. I don't know what it is. And even even like alternative media, you know, we've got these new new alternative media uh, platforms coming out and they're scared. They're absolutely petrified. But she should be everywhere because she's not just fighting for the children of Wales. She's fighting for the children of the whole of the UK because of sure. case. Yeah. And this is why yeah. we've got this big this big one now on the 17th of May, isn't it, Lou? Oh, we've we got, got our podcast yeah. on first. We got the podcast on first, yeah. Which obviously we would love you to come on, Ronnie, because this conversation has been just—it's been brilliant. I mean, I think we've got to do a part two. 
Um, yes, I think so. I think we should, uh, you know, if you're if you've got time, Ronnie, before the podcast, it's on it in a month. You know, it's the 29th and 30th of April, so we're on the 27th of March. So maybe next week or the week after, if you've got time to come on again for an hour, because you just got so much to say, and it's so, you know, it's so important that people know. Um, we'd love to have you back on before the podcast as well, if you would. I would absolutely love that. Um, I think um, the reason why I connected with Kimberly and I've kind of following what you guys are doing, because we know that this attack on children is worldwide. Yeah. And so with the SOGI task force, with the experts in different countries, they bring their knowledge about what's going on in education there as well. Because we know that it's called SOGI here, but where you are, it's called RSE. Yeah. Just, you know, you have your sex ed, it's similar um we we found that through our website we are working with organizations through the world to collaborate on projects on certain things and this isn't about likes this isn't about you know ronnie saved the day it's about unity it's about bringing people together without ego yes. to doing the right thing to defend and protect children because if we don't our future looks pretty bleak for them yeah yeah so and the future have- generations we have to encourage people. They don't need us. They don't need approval. They don't need a leader. You, you know, look into it. If you feel uncomfortable, act on it. You know, and the tools are there. I've I've had a look at your website. You've got loads of tools. And the same with Public Child Protection Wales. We should really have a a, a thing for resource actually. Oh, I'd love to have your guys' resources on our website so that because we are hitting over sixty countries on our website. Right. People from all over the country are sending us messages and we want to make sure that what parents are going on our website or concerned teachers or whoever, they can grab the information you have, find you guys, find your community, find their tribe, because there's a lot of parents who still feel like they're alone in this fight. Exactly. What we'll do is we'll put we'll put your logo up on our front page. Uh, which is who we, you know, all the people like we collaborate and stuff with. We'll put it up there and they just click on your on your logo and they'll be directed directly to your site. So we're really happy to do that. And and anything that we can do here, because it is about parents around the world, because it, as we say, the Welsh government tried to say it wasn't a global education rollout, yeah. but here we are. So um, we've got people coming on from America. We've got people coming on from Ireland, obviously Wales, Scotland. England, now yourselves, Canada. Um, we just need to find some people in Australia maybe to come on or... Oh, we could help with that. Um, One of our experts just... from Austra- uh, is in Australia. Australia or New Zealand, anyone you, who, who would like to participate in our podcast-a-thon, you know, it only needs to be for half hour if they just come on and discuss what's going on over there. Well, she would be talking if you wanted to. She uh, she talks about queer theory and how that is involved in all of this. I'm up for that, Catherine. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fine. Yeah, um, we've got we got Nigel talking about queer theory as well, haven't we, on the podcast or some? But it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? From different. Places. Oh no, she's a she's a doctorate in this. This is her her data, her research, her team. Oh, right. Okay. Then yeah, definitely. We can, we can, yeah. If we got time on the schedule, Lou, then absolutely. Well, I think we will because we've got, you know, with you see like 12 hours time difference. So it can, it can go in during. Oh, yeah. We could have it in the night. Couldn't we, from our point of view late at night, because it would be earlier over there, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah when we usually have our SOGI meetings, 
it's usually the next day for her at lunchtime and we have our meetings uh, in the evening and it's the next day for her around lunchtime and she just pops in for our meetings when it's her lunch break. Fabulous. Well, we'll, we'll sort it all out. If you could um, link, that's great. Well, we've waffled on for a long time. We'll let you, we'll let you get off, but it would be great to sort something out for maybe next week. Yes, absolutely. Send me an email. I would love to, um, you know, getting the word out, spreading the message, activating parents, getting them, you know, their eyes open, ears listening, questioning everything. And I keep telling parents, you know, we are coming to a place where we have to get used to being uncomfortable, right? This is where change comes from, because your parental rights are being opposed against you. You have to stand up. Yes, I totally agree. That's right. That's brilliant advice. Absolutely brilliant advice, Ronnie. It's been absolutely amazing talking to you thank you so much for coming on with us tonight oh thank you for having me it was lovely uh chatting with you two ladies and um all the amazing work that you guys are doing over there thank you so much Catherine. final words my darling um yeah just for the listeners then obviously we're going to have ronnie back next week because she said she'd come on which is fantastic we're finding out more what's going on across the pond um but in reality guys it's all the same thing we're all in the same storm we're just in different boats as kim would say um and we do have to unite it it is it's, it's, i don't think anything else matters at the moment i know we're having a lot of mud slung at us from other things as well you know there's a lot of bad stuff going on at the moment but if we're not focused on the children we haven't got a hope in hell we really really haven't because they're the next generation we've all you know we this is not it was could have been a preventative measure but we're now at damage limitations because we've already damaged enough children so we need to unite we need eyes open and ears listening as ronnie just said and let's get this done guys let's get this done exactly they're big kids are being attacked on every single front they're after yeah. the children yeah and we have to stand up because they are the most precious thing there's nothing more important than them no. you know so we've we've got to do that now the podcast is on as kat mentioned earlier is the 29th to the 30th of april we're going to be doing 30 36 hours live and we're going to have guests coming into the studio jason and phil will be out doing some live streams on the streets we've got matt letissier opening the show we've got richard vogues we've got sandy adams we've got alex thompson just waiting to confirm james dellingpole and lawrence fox and brian garish we've got the american guys over at stop hate delighted ronnie is now going to join us as well so and a lot of the PCP, we're going to have Joan Ginsburg, we're going to have Matty, we're going to have Adele and whoever else, you know, decides if they're in Cardiff, they might pop their head around the corner and possibly have a round table as well. So that's something to look forward to. We need to start catching up on our sleep now, Kat. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we'll be okay. fine. So, Ronnie, can you just mention your website so people can go and check you out and I will link it to the bottom of this. Yes, it's www soji123taskforce.com that will bring you up to our international task force and on there there are many videos um, recommendations pdfs because we're really trying to unite countries in this battle to to protect children 
you so much. And Kat's blog is exposingthelie.info. I've got to get uh, I've got to get into them because I've had a few days off and I need to catch up with all the stuff you've been doing, Kat. Yeah, yeah. I've got to do the the next part of my other one as well. I will get around to it. I've just I've been reading so many books at once. Um, but I will get around to it, guys. So yeah, exposing the lie.info, you'll find my videos and all my blogs on there. In particular, the one of the most important ones, although there's a few on the sex education, is the one on pornography called Pawns of the Industry. It's a very, very uncomfortable read, but um, everybody needs to read it because that's, you know, it's, it's, it's highly, highly dangerous for anyone, never mind children. And now we've got little children watching it. So, um, yeah, if you could read that, guys, or just share it about as far and wide as possible, that would be great. Um, and obviously, I'm You've still going on. No, sorry. No, sorry. Go on. No, it's all right. I was going to say I'm still on Facebook for the time being. We all know one of us is going to get a ban soon. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm riding it out. I'm, I'm not posting too much as to not be picked up on the radar because we all know what happens. And I am on Twitter as well at the moment, although it's not very active. But yeah, that's that's all from me, Lou. Lou? They're now, sorry, I was on mute. That's They're now it. teaching. We were, you know, they were complaining that kids have got too much access to the internet, and that was the reason why they were attacking other kids. But now they're going. They're showing porn in the classroom. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just, so just crazy. Uh, so yeah, it's catch us on all those. Um and obviously libertytactics.co.uk and Lou, we're on Twitter and we and Instagram as well. Yeah, Liberty Tactics, Lou at Liberty Tactics on Instagram, uh Rumble. It's the only video platform we're on. I am gonna start trying to get them back up onto BitChute and to Odyssey. So um watch this space for that and obviously we're on all the podcasting platforms spotify itunes don't know how long for so make the most of it there's some good shows up there so that's it tonight i'm going to play out with caitlin curtis i was just going to say god we need you now thank you tomorrow Hello. and thanks to Kat tomorrow thank you god bless good night both thank you god bless Chill, don't medicate, just meditate You waking up now, well babe, you hella late Educate, look at what's going on, let it resonate Accelerate, find your inner hunger like you never ate Agenda is to push the hate, separate and segregate Don't celebrate quite yet, the storm is coming Cue for heaven's sake, violence that they demonstrate Instigate and penetrate, the values of our country And our God is what they desecrate My fighters ain't no featherweight Pulling out the seams of the fabric that they fabricate They feed us lies, manipulate Intimidate through fear and force Forcing us to sit and wait Till we come together, congregate, and then we liberate Praying that you give me strength to find some love amongst the hate Marching on these streets of blood Till I see the golden gates Troubadour and troubled souls One of God's servants Blades out, cut the grass till we see the serpent One day I hope you see the truth This puppet show stays on because of you
swallow, just digested. Suspected something's going on, but chose to just neglect it. Deflected by some breaking news, oh, we just accepted. Expected just to fall in line and follow their perspective. Don't question their objective, but I got a lot of questions. How these kids molested, but nobody's been arrested. Read it in the testament, these children are protected. So I'm fighting all these terrorists, both foreign and domestic. Refuse to be directed. Lying, not a sheep, only kneel to my God, so I'm dying on my feet. Uh, silence when we speak, but there's violence in the street. I've been rolling with the punches, I can't take it on the cheek. Uh, drink from a glass half full, I'm optimistic. People are sadistic, so vicious and malicious. Praying for assistance to overcome my position, or I'm gonna start resisting and then I pray for forgiveness. Oh, one day, I hope you see the truth. This puppet show stays on because of you.